Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Good to see you this morning. And uh, how many enjoy this hot weather? Amazing, right? It's just amazing. The hot weather. And so if you're a first-time guest, welcome. We're so honored you're with us today. And I just want to recap one, just one thing, a serve day, and that is this Saturday, July 15th. And we're going to be partnering with an organization called Educate to Elevate. And so the date is wrong on the screen behind me. But if you're interested, text serve day to 7743. I believe it was, so 7743, and text serve day, or you can sign up at Avenue Central, and that's going to be from 5 o'clock to 6.30, and Wood Creek Apartments is an area that Educate to Elevate has been saturating for the past, I believe, year, and they have really built a good report with the community there, and it's really, it's just, it's, it's those that are less fortunate, and they've been going in and doing some crafts, some games, some kickball, um, loving on them, backpack giveaways, school supplies, even if you bring a report card back and you have A's and B's, we will give you a gift. There's a gift every month. And so these kids are coming back with purpose. They're coming back saying, I want to make a difference in my life. So here's my report card. I want a reward for that. Because whatever you, what, what, gets report, what gets rewarded gets repeated. And so I'm excited for that. And so if you want to join us, uh, join us at Wood Creek Apartments at five o'clock this Saturday, but sign up. We'll give you some information on how we can serve our city. We want to go beyond these four walls, these amazing walls, but we want to reach and make an impact for Las Vegas. Anybody here want to make an impact for Las Vegas? Because we believe that we want to go out and just really make a difference. Also, at the end of this message, you do have an opportunity to get water baptized. And it's something that we celebrate here at Avenue Church, but water baptism is simply an outward proclamation of an inward transformation that you don't have to sign up, but we want you to take the plunge of what God is doing in your life. And so I just want to throw that out there. It's going to be available at the end of the message. A lot of people have been talking to me about uh, my band-aid. I got a band-aid right here on my head. And yesterday I went with a, uh, with a good friend to Red Rock. We went uh, mountain biking and enjoyed ourselves. If you think it was hot, it was hot then. But we went mountain biking, and on the way down the hill, uh, somebody asked me uh, this morning, what's that from? I said, I didn't duck when Lindsay threw the mug at me. I didn't duck. I didn't duck. I was weak, huh? Well, so I was going down the, the hill, and uh, hit a rock, went over the handlebars, and hit my head on, hit my head on a rock. And when I hit on the rock, blood came out, didn't know what was going, going on. So I, so I yelled for my friend, Mike! Mike, you know, I'm over here, I'm, and I'm holding my head like, am I bleeding somewhere? Is like half my head missing? What's going on? I had a helmet on, and he came back, and, and uh, we got off the hill and went home. And I was, just, I was planning to go to Saturday morning prayer. And if you, now, I got to tell you this. If you're going to get hurt, get hurt like during Saturday morning prayer because we have people just praying for me, and I'm not kidding you. Um, and I got to tell you, though, from... From the get-go, no pain, just no pain when I split my head open, no pain at the hospital. They said on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, where's your pain level? I just said zero. Really? I said, oh, is this supposed to be like, like four? It's four. And uh, it's a zero. And I know it's because of our prayer team, people praying for us. Uh, on the way to my house with this gash open, my buddy Mike was uh, rec recounting, and uh, he was giving a, just an account of what happened. And he said, when you fell down, I heard you cry out my name. And I said, whoa, 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 hold it right there. I did not cry out your name. When I fell, I said, Michael. <laughs> right? I even called him. I've fallen, you know. 
Mike also, he needed to pause, ponder, and pray. Because I about said some stuff, all right? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going back out there again. No bike. I'm just going to run down the hill. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> so the title of my message today is Watch Your Mouth. Watch your mouth. We've been in a series of the book of James called This is Living Now. And I got to tell you, as a pastor, I'm loving seeing individuals take this message, apply it to, to their Mondays. I'm enjoying seeing people post on Facebook all the different things that God has done in their lives. And so the title of my message today is Watch Your Mouth. We can agree that words are a powerful thing. We use words daily to communicate, to tell jokes, to express feelings, that there is power in the Word. In the book of Genesis, God simply spoke. He said, let there be light. And then, then came existence. So there is power in our words. We also have power to speak life or death. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and of death, that the words we say can often slay, that the words we say can speak life or death. How many heard that, uh, that old, you know, verbiage, that old song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never help, uh, hurt me? Uh, uh, that is incorrect. That is not true. That the words people say have an effect over our lives. I can remember words that were said to me as a child that still affect me as an adult. And so let's turn to our Bibles. Let's do this today. It's going to be a fun day. So if you've got your word with you, turn to it. If you don't have a Bible, if you've never had one, we would love to give you a Bible. We would love the honor to give you your very own Bible to have, to keep. Uh, also, Android devices, iPhones, you can turn to, to, to the YouVersion Bible app. And let's rock out today. So let's turn to James chapter 3, verse 1 and 12. We're going to read this really quick. James chapter 1, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. You guys are a bunch of liars, I'm telling you. If you're reading the Jumbotron too, say, if you're there, say, I'm there. Fellow believer. All right, James chapter 3. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly, that there really is power when you say, God, I want to be a teacher. God, I want to make an impact in people's lives. That James says, you know what, there is a double judgment. There's stricter judgment. But here's the good news. We all stumble in many ways. We all mess up. Raise your hand if you're perfect in this room. You're perfect in this room. You are perfect. I love you, all right? I don't think I, one hand kind of went, oh, shoot. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> and this is a great place to be because we're Avenue Church. We're, we're messed up people, all right? Raise your hand if you're kind of messed up. You're a little messed up on the inside, right? That's what it's about, though. It says we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Isn't that interesting? Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. So be of good cheer this morning. Have some hope this morning. That don't sit through this message and go, oh man, I got a, I got a sailor's mouth. I am screwed. This is going to be a rough morning. It says, no, you're not perfect, but we're going to help get us all there someday. Amen? So put, uh, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we could turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for an example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder where the pilot wants to go. Something so small can control something so large. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what 
what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil amongst part of the bodies. Your tongue, our tongue, corrupts the entire body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and, it's, and it is set on fire by hell. James, you got to calm down a little bit, man. You got to go take a vacation. You got to relax. You got to apply some grace to your life, James. But what he's saying is there's a small part of your body that is creating fires wherever we go. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You kiss your mother with that mouth? With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father. With it we curse human beings. We have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise. Out of the same mouth come cursing. Brothers, all flow out of sisters. This should not be. Can fresh water and salt flow out of the same thing? Brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt produce fresh water. So James is saying our mouths should not be able to produce blessings and curses, but they do on a daily basis. So we're going to take a look at this scripture. We're going to say, God, how can you help me in my life? Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for who you are. God, I'm grateful for James, and I'm so thankful for your grace and your mercy over their lives. That, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we are not living in condemnation, but, Father, I pray this morning we're living in grace. That, Father, I pray that we begin to take this grace and apply it to our lives. That, Father, I pray you begin to change us from the inside and out through your word today. That, Father, be with us this week in Jesus' name. And everybody, shout it. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message is Watch Your Mouth. How many have a lot of children, child, children around, grandchildren? And a uh, real short story is my son was, was taught that the S word is bad. And so my mom came into town. And how many love it when your kids call you out, right? And so the S word is bad. And so my mom came to town, and my son came to me when my mom was in the other room and said, uh, Dad, Mom, Dad. I said, what, son? He said, Grandma said the S word. I said, uh, what? He goes, Grandma said the S word. Go get. He was like tattling on her. Let's go. Come on. Let's handle Grandma. She's straight up heathen. Let's do this. Let's kick Grandma out. And so we went to Grandma and said, Grandma. Uh, you can't say the S word. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't say no S word, you know. And I said, no, the S word is stupid. Can't say stupid. But you know, as having a child, I begin to realize that there is power in our speech, but how loose our speech has gotten. That as infants, we say, that's a bad word, but as adults, we say anything goes. That there cannot be both blessings and both curses out of our mouth. So if you're taking notes, you can use Facebook, you can use Twitter, Instagram, whatever, but use something to take notes this morning because the devil could try to distract you, take it from your memory, but he can't take it off paper this week. And I want to encourage you that on Monday morning, pull your notes out. On Tuesday, listen to the podcast. But this is an area in our lives that we say, God, how can I pause? How can I ponder? And how can I pray? How can I pause? How can I ponder? How can I pray? 
Because I, I want you to understand, before I give you these three points this morning on the taming our tongue, on our speech, on watching our mouth, without Jesus Christ at the center of our lives, there is absolutely no way we can decrease three things. Without Jesus taking control of our hearts, without saying, I must decrease, he must increase, there is no way we can do pause, we can ponder, we can pray. Christ is my rock. Christ is my control. Christ is the one who helps me when I want to tear somebody out, when I want to use my gift of sarcasm in Jesus' name. Amen? So you can give me some feedback this morning. I'm deaf. It's dark out there. can't really see you. So give me a holler. Are you guys, are you there? All right, so let's do this. Point number one, write down pause. We need to pause. James chapter 3, he says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault, what they say is perfect, able, leave this here, able to keep their whole body in check. Able to keep their whole body in check. Pausing helps you to check yourself. Check yourself. What is that? I mean, no, this next statement, huh? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. James brought this up a few weeks earlier. In James chapter 1, he said, all must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That you can't be slow to listen if we won't simply pause long enough to hear the other person speak. We've got to pause. So how do you know I need to pause? Sometimes when we sit and hear something or some... uh, you know, constructive criticism. We go, I'm good. I don't do that. But here's an example. How do you know we need to pause? Is when we finish other sentences. We probably should pause. When we cut people off, we probably need to pause. When we assume an assumption is big for those that do life together. Assumptions are big for couples. Assumptions often lead to anger. Because I want you to understand this morning, pausing helps me to keep my mind off of me and to think about what the other person's saying. How many of you know I'm talking about? If you're in an argument, and, and, you, and you say what you're going to say, and then they're saying something, you're not even listening because you're thinking about something better to say. I'm going to get this person back. Pausing helps you to say, what are you saying? I need to understand what's on your heart. Now I want to take a, a step further, that when we begin to yell at someone we have offense with, many times we think we're highlighting their wrong when really we're revealing the condition of our heart. And that's the whole pr- the premise of there's a speck in their eye, there's a plank in my eye. So here's what we can do. Here's a way to help you pause is to wait. And we made an acronym this morning, wait. This is what wait means. Why am I talking? Why am I talking? I love that. When you're angry, you're upset, I'm going to wait. Why am I speaking? I'm going to turn you up right now, but I need to wait. I need to take a minute. I need to ask myself, why am I talking? I've had to learn this over the years. Quit talking, but begin to listen. Proverbs 21 says this, watch your tongue. This is the Bible, by the way. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. Watch your mouth, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. There's some deadly sins in the speaking. I took them. I began to kind of reword them. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to go through this quick. It's gossip. Gossip. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Wait, why am I talking about that person? 
So many times, even in the church world, I got to call out the local church, but sometimes we say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, it's pretty messed up. They did this and that. But I told you all that, not to gossip, but to pray for them. Thank you for praying for me. Like, nobody pray for me. I don't want any prayer, all right? Nobody tell my junk out there. That's why at Avenue Church, we have prayer cards, connect cards. You can text the prayer line, and we do it in full confidence that we're praying for you. We're not gossiping. But gossip is a hard thing. Amen. <laughs> Judging. We need to extend grace to others. I begin to say this in my own life, that don't judge someone's breakthrough unless you know what they've been through. Amen. Don't judge someone's breakthrough unless you know what they've been through. In every occasion, in every situation, I go, why is that person the way they are? And when you begin to have community with them, when you begin to have relationship with them, then you begin to hear why they do what they do. And if you what they need, they need Jesus to come into their life. They need you to help them through grace and through mercy in Jesus' name. Negativity. Raise your hand if you're a negative person. All right. You're all liars, I tell you. Raise your hand if you know a negative person. There you go. There's some hands up. Anyone know any? But negativity. The negativity oftentimes will destroy your spirit. John 6, 63 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. No one wants to be around someone who has a negative spirit and a critical spirit. Why am I talking? Why am I saying these things? Complaining. Complaining not only ruins everyone's day, but it ruins your day. I wrote this down. A spirit of complaining, a spirit of discontent, can make even the greatest blessing seem like a burden. If you're so used to complaining and you're so used to negativity and God blesses you and you go, whatever. Because the greatest blessing can seem like a, a, a burden. A spirit of gratitude can find a blessing with any burden. You know, when I gash my head open, I'm sitting in uh, UMC Quick Care, and I go see someone, and we're beginning to have a conversation. And she goes, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And also the, the language kind of changes. Oh, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? And I got to invite this person to Avenue Church. And I hope you're sitting in the audience today. But I got to invite this person to Avenue Church. Why? Because everything that happens can be a blessing if you have the right perspective. Amen? So number one. Number one is pause. Number two is ponder. Ponder. See, ponder means to weigh carefully in the mind. Psalms 111, it says, How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. Can you imagine your entire perspective is going to change every morning if you wake up and say, how amazing is God? How incredible is he? All who delight in him should ponder them. See, there's really three types of people. I'm gonna, hopefully, hopefully I can label everybody here today. Put that up on the screen. Here's three types of people. Those, that, those who think before they talk. Those who think while they talk. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but it's coming on anyways. Are those who think after they talked. That was really good, but I think I just destroyed it with my mouth. Which one are you today? That we are to pause, but we are to ponder. We need to think before we speak. We need to realize, and here's the problem. We don't think there is life and death in the power of our tongue. We don't think we're destroying somebody else but what we say. But when we begin to realize what a weapon we have 
we begin to choose our words carefully. So pondering begins to think. Pondering is saying, what, is, what am I saying? What do I need to say? But I also want you to understand, why am I thinking this? Have you ever asked yourself, where is this coming from? Where is this thought? Where is this speech coming from? Matthew chapter 9, verse 4, it says this, Jesus knew what they're thinking. Kind of scary sometimes, right? Jesus knows, like, hey, I'm doing pretty good filtering this out, but I don't need Jesus to know what I'm thinking. Jesus knew what they're thinking, so we asked him, think with our heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth begins to speak. So we really, we think with our heart. Your speech reveals your heart. So we need to ponder. We need to pause. We need to ponder. And we need to ponder on the Word of God. We need to ponder on His precepts. We need to read the Word daily. We need to understand that whatever we grow, whatever we feed begins to grow. And so if we're feeding ourselves with gossip and negativity, if we're feeding ourselves with those around us that are negative, those around us that are hurting us, we have to understand whatever we feed begins to grow. The heart is a tree and the words and action is a fruit. The Word of God is the seed that determines the fruit. So your heart speaks, your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. So when we pause to begin to ponder, then we need to understand how is this affecting others? So when we pause, we say, why am I doing this? Why am I talking? When we ponder, we say, why is this thought in my mind? Why is this thought in my heart? And how will this affect the other person? I want you to understand, sometimes your silence is your consent. So you need to say, what do I need to say? What do I need to address? Do I really need to say what I'm thinking? Proverbs said the tongue can bring life or death. And I know a lot of times we talk about what we say in the church, and this is taming your mouth, taming your tongue. But I really love social media. So raise your hand if you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, Raise your hand if you're on Twitter. Twitter dying. Please die, Twitter. All right. Twitter, Twitter's in. How about uh, Snapchat? Anything else I'm too old to know about? You know, like my snap face. So I pulled up some Facebook profiles. I want to show you my favorite face, Facebook profile. And this is going to be Pastor Lindsay. And if you go on Pastor Lindsay's Facebook profile, you begin to see... A uh, beautiful cover picture of a really handsome dude. And then there's, there's her son, Levi. You catch that? Nobody caught that? You guys are killing me this morning. Man, let me try that again. There's a cover page of a really handsome dude, and then there's, then there's her son, Levi. All right. Jeez. So there's her Facebook profile. You can see all the friends she has. You can see she's got, like, a lot of friends. We've got a couple of mutual friends. There she's promoting Avenue Church. Look at that. Take the plunge. we got water baptisms happening today. Let's look at another one. This is a good friend. Uh, her name's Pastor Monica here at Avenue, and she's got her own Facebook profile. She's got a uh, cover picture of the ocean because that is what she loves. She loves the ocean game. Come on. She's in the front row. She's got a great, uh, you know, profile picture. She's got some friends. Um, she's at Public Safety in Henderson, and she posts a lot of marathon pictures because she runs a lot. So I, I just unfollow her because I don't need to see that, that running stuff. I need to see that. So what we did, though, is I've become a friend with a lot of you 
at Avenue. A lot of you I met maybe a month ago. A lot of you I met on launch day. And so what we did is we took screenshots of your profile and about 200 people here. We're all going to look at your Facebook profile. So you want to see the first one? Let's pop up the first one. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess you up. How many thought I was going to? How many thought? How many thought I was going to? Huh? I know. I'm crazy. But the reason why I did that, because I know you got nervous. But our mouth has the power of life and death, but so does our fingers. So does what we type. So does what we text. That many times we think that this message only comes from our words, but it comes from what we put on the Internet. That we need to tame our tongue, but we need to tame our heart, which controls our tongue. That through the text messages, through the emails, that some of us in this room, we need to pause, ponder, then maybe post. We need to write it up and then delete it, write it up and then delete it. How I many know what I'm talking about, right? That's just, no, I, that's, that's condescending. Now I'm going to write this here. Or that text message. I always see the little bubble on the iPhone, you go boop, and it tells them they're, ty- they're typing, and then it goes away. And I said, they paused, they pondered, and they literally prayed. <laughs> like they did it. They did a good job. Amen. <laughs> I love you, honey. No, I'm joking. I'm James chapter 3, verse 9. So sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Does your Facebook, does your Twitter, does your Instagram, does it praise our Lord and Father, or does it curse those who've been made in the image of God? This is not a church of condemnation. Does it portray the Holy Spirit? That does my daily life, does it portray the words of Jesus Christ. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. I'm here to tell you, we're all at fault of this. We all mess up at this. This is why James, he's direct, he's relevant, he's hard-hitting. I'm here to tell you this morning, we need to pause. We need to take a step back and go, why? We need to ponder to say, what is in my heart that you can change? I'm not asking you to leave here today and go, all right, I'm going to pause, I'm going to ponder, I'm going to pray, I'm going to do good this week, I'm 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 going to change my behavior. I want to ask you today to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to say, Christ Jesus, I need you to change me. I need you to change my heart. I need you to change the way I think, the way I speak. I'm no longer going to live in condemnation. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to slip. We're all going to get angry. But it's just the condition of our heart means it all. So here's my last point. It's pray. Worship team, if you can head on up here. But these three steps, they don't just help you at words. You can literally, if you're a high schooler in this room and someone comes up to you and says, hey, you want to go out with me? That's when you need to pause Right? You need to ponder. I don't know. Would Jesus bless this relationship? Is this someone who will push me towards the local church? And then we need to pray about it instead of just, yes, all right. How about a movie? We're going to go to a movie. Oh, oh, hey, we're all going to go see this movie. We need to pause. Hold up. I heard a really good message on Sunday. 
I need to ponder, well, can Jesus like sit next to me and watch this movie? Maybe if he closed his eyes or something, yeah. We need to pray. Are you being legalistic? No, I just want to help you. I just want to say, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Sometimes when Christ comes into our heart, our lifestyle begins to change. There are seasons where we do abstain. There are seasons where we say, I need to cut that out just for a season because I need to get a little healthier. I need to know what it's like to have Jesus Christ control my heart and control my life. I need to pause, I need to ponder, and I need to pray. Here's what prayer does. Prayer clears the noise. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. Amen? The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than, the, than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes, I love this, here's the word, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. God, expose me today. Help me today. Let's cut the fat in my life. And what can you expose in my heart? Why do I say the things that I say? Why do I think? Why do I think the things that I think? Stephen Furtick said, winning the war of words inside your soul means learning to defy your inner critic. That's how we win the war. That we begin to pray. That I want to challenge you to do what David did. Sit down every morning and say, create in me a pure heart. Clean me out, Jesus. Change my life, Jesus. This is a prayer I've been praying for many, many years. I'm not perfect. I'll let you down. I'll say things I shouldn't say. I'll make mistakes. And so every morning I'll say, Jesus, create in me a pure heart. Out of the abundance of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I want to pray and allow Jesus to clean me up. In Isaiah chapter 6, there's a story of a prophet, and, and for the first five chapters of Isaiah, if you begin to read it, there's a prophet, and that's what he was. He was like, you know, there's pastors. Well, he was a prophet. The prophets will help the kings, and, and here's a prophet Isaiah. And for the first five chapters, he would walk around because he was a prophet. Sometimes you get in ministry to be seen, and then when you're in ministry, you just want to hide. Because here's Isaiah. He's a, he's a prophet. He's saying, woe is you. Hey, I'm going to call you out. Hey, woe is, woe is you. But in Isaiah chapter 6, King Uzziah died and, and, the, and it said the heavens opened up. He began to see angels flying around. He began to see the throne room of God. And I'm paraphrasing this. And here's this prophet who said, woe is you and woe is you. But he begins to see God. And he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. But here am I. Send me. When God begins to expose some things in our lives, he begins to clean us out. He says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your story. I'm going to use your testimony. I'm going to use you. But when Isaiah saw him, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he said, touch my mouth with the coal from the altar and cleanse me. And he said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Here's what we need to do this morning. Not only do we pause, ponder, and pray, but as we begin to pray, we simply need to repent. 
Repent means to change your mind, change direction. Instead of saying, woe is them and it's their fault and because of them, we say, woe is me. That Christ, I, I, I repent today. I repent today. Change me from the inside out. You see, we can't change, but God can change us. It's really not a mouth issue, it's a heart issue. We need to ask God to purify us. That not only do we repent, but we need to give God everything. We need to say, Father, have my heart today. Jesus, have my life today. We are all a work in progress. That is why I think it's, it's so amazing when you plan out the series and you're saying, okay, we're going to try to do this and we're going to work through this. And then there's Father's Day, so we took a break from the book of James. But here we are on the second Sunday of July. That it's Water Baptism Sunday. That water baptism is exactly what this message is. This is exactly where Jesus has taken us this morning. That when we get water baptized, we're saying, I have accepted Jesus, but now I've repented. I'm not purified. And when we go in that water, it means he's wiped away our sins clean. In growth track, we teach that those that used to get baptized would have dirty garments on. When we go in the water and come out, they would take the, uh, the dirty garments off and have white clothes underneath, and they would let their dirty garments flow down the river, never to be seen again. For some of us, what's going to happen is when we get in that tank and we go to work on Monday, they're going to say, what's changed about? Something's different about you. You get a, a haircut, you lose weight. What's different about you? Oh, I know what it is. Your mouth has changed. Your speech has changed. Why? Are you, like, are you trying a new product? Are you on this pyramid scheme? Like, hey, I got a clean mouth. Come here. Let me tell you about it. And I'll, uh, you know. And you say, no, it's because Jesus changed the condition of my heart. That we want to celebrate with you today. And so I just want to ask you in just a moment, number one, we need to repent. Repentance doesn't mean I'm joining your church, and repentance doesn't mean that I'm going to give you everything that I own. Repentance simply means I need Jesus in my life. I cannot do it on my own. When we repent, the Bible says, we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus comes inside of us, begins to live inside of us, and that's the Holy Spirit. And watch him do a work as we begin to surrender. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. If that is you today, just raise a hand and say, I need Jesus in my heart. I repent today. I want a fresh start and a new start. Will you just clap for just a second? I don't want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes? And when I say amen, I want to begin to jump into that baptism tank. And I want to begin to see those take that step of faith. I want to see those take the plunge this morning. That baptism is not the act of salvation, but baptism shows what's already happened in my heart. That when I repented, Jesus washed me away of my sins. And now I am born again. I'm coming out of that water with another start. I'm coming out of that water redeemed and purify. So say this, say, Dear Jesus, I can't change, but you can change me. 
I repent and give you everything. I give you everything. Help me to take control of my tongue. Touch my heart. Make it clean again. Jesus, remind me today how much you love me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.